Today, we have Bryn Dale in the studio to talk about her experiences foster parenting. Join us today on Fostering the Future. Welcome to the Fostering the Future podcast, a show about all things child welfare, dependency, adoption, and foster care. Here are your hosts, veterans in the world of child welfare, Jack and Kat. We believe that every human has incredible and equal value regardless of what side of the courtroom we sit on. We hope that everyone feels welcome and accepted here on Fostering the Future. Make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram as Fostering the Future Podcast, or check us out on our website at fosteringthefuturepodcast.org. This is Jack, and I'm here with Kat, and today we have foster mom Brendale joining us. And we're so excited to have you in the studio. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So Brendale, let me ask you a very serious question. What is your favorite drink at Starbucks? Um, I think it changes. But today, I would have to say my favorite Starbucks drink is a green tea matcha latte. We're we're fans of the matcha latte. We've got a pup named Matcha, so I'm down with that. So this week, we had a a DM sent to us on Instagram from someone who's about to be licensed to be a foster parent. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have a profile of zero to 18. You know, I've got a crib, I've got a bed, but I feel like I don't know how to prepare my house. Um, Do you have any tips for her? When you're first licensed, preparing your house um, can be quite an overwhelming task. Be prepared, but don't really overthink things. Ours was zero to four when we first started out. And I imagined having um, something, male and female, clothing for each age group, each size. Like I was gonna have a whole room of organized bins and I overthought it because I I did buy a bunch of stuff that wasn't needed um, and it went to waste or I donated it to another, to a foster closet. So I would say, you know, don't really overthink things have like your normal licensing stuff that you need for licensing all your plug covers and um you know safety stuff and maybe your crib if you're definitely taking infants car seats but things like clothing um diapers things that you need significant like specific sizes i would say definitely wait till you know what your placement is going to be Yeah, because like you could have the same placement for years and then you're only using like maybe two of those bins of clothes. Yes. Um, And then you're also dealing with preference. and Yes. And there's some things that I tried to cut cost on and ended up spending more money because I'd have to buy something else because the first thing I bought wasn't meeting our needs. For instance, like a swing, you know, I had three different swings in the end. 
Amamaru is like the best. <laughs> so I don't even know why I messed around with the other three. I should have just went for the best from the get go. Yeah, I think I had heard about the Mamaru before, but like it, it was if I had looked at it and saw it in the price, I'd be like, oh no, not doing that. Like I can't do that. Um, like that's a lot of money to spend on something that's used for such a short amount of time. And then I remember when I don't remember which baby it was, but it was sometime in the past couple years where I had a baby who just cried all the time. The, the baby had had drug exposure. Mm -hmm. that was significant and would scream and wouldn't sleep and it was like you would meet all the needs you would hold them but like it was just there was a discomfort that nothing I could do could solve which of course makes you feel inadequate you know and and then you're feeling you're tired because you haven't slept I had mentioned to Danielle who runs the local foster closet uh, we were talking about something and I'm like man I haven't slept I'm exhausted I feel like a zombie I can't even like put sentences together right now Mm because this baby just screams all the time and she's like oh well you don't have her in the mamaru and I'm like the the what and she said, come on over. I've got something for you. And she had, I think she had a couple of mamaroos in the, in the closet that were available to foster parents to borrow. And I brought this thing home and I put this child in it and it was just like the first silence in ages. Yeah. So I, I have heard people who've had babies that didn't like it. But from my experience, most of the babies that have had drug exposure, you put them in a mamaroo and it's magic. I was like crying. I was so happy. I was texting her and I'm like, I don't know what kind of dark magic you're dealing here, but right? if I can sleep at night, I am down for it, man. And, you know, she was laughing at me. And then, you know, I got another baby recently. She's like, you going to come pick up the mamaroo? There was drug exposure. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'll come get it. And it's it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, I have had lots of other swings and I wish that I had just cut right to the punch. And like, I think there's a lot of things as foster parents that you don't buy initially, maybe because of the cost. Right. You think it's not needed. And then when you have it, you're like, well, geez, I should have done this ages ago. I think, you know, something else that I've feel that way about. And we've had this conversation that you have also felt this way. Being a foster parent for about a month or two, I realized that my little Ford Escape was not cutting it. Yes. And that I needed a bigger vehicle. So, you know, we had my adopted son. We had a sibling group of two and they were putting uh, infant placements with us. I was like, well, gosh, we almost have no room in the car. Right. We need to figure something out, uh, especially because car seats make seats look smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. So the kids that were not in a car seat were complaining like, "Ah, I'm like right up on a car seat. It's not comfortable. So we went down to, you know, some car dealerships and we bought a minivan. And I remember buying the minivan. Other foster parents were saying to me, just go with the bus. And I'm like, no, I am never going to be that mom driving that bus. And when you say bus, you mean? Well, like a Ford Transit or a Nissan Envy. Because people like me who are not foster parents don't know or didn't know what a bus meant until you explained to me that you meant a Nissan Envy or, or, a, Ford Transit. or a Ford Transit. Isn't there like a Chevy Express? But I don't yeah, think there's, there's a Chevy thing. Express. We used to have one of those before. It was like 12 passenger, but, you know, we graduated up to the Ford Transit 15 passenger. <laughs> Which is really nice. I saw it out there. I really love the Nissan Envy, but they only make them to 12 passengers. Well, I guess they're not even making them anymore, right? Yeah, they're not. So we're all going to be in Ford Transits one day, but... 
Yeah, so we, we got that minivan and, you know, it was new. So obviously you're going to lose money pretty quick on that. And very quickly we started to realize later that year that that was a huge mistake and we should have just, I mean, it wasn't even that much more money to go for the, especially if we got used, we might have even saved some money. So even if you don't think you're going to need the larger vehicle, the 12, the 15 passenger, that was probably my biggest regret in foster care purchases was getting a van, a minivan instead of a real van. So That's when we realized our family motto was go big or go home because, I mean... <laughs> We got a lot of kids. We have a big van. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and speaking of vehicles, I would say, you know, car seats is another thing um, that we've talked about. I think when I first um, started looking at car seats, I was looking at, you know, what's got cool features, what looks cool, good prices. And well, the ones that are like stackable that you could keep in your garage and um, oh, I never would have thought about that yeah when you have a lot of them you have to think about those think things about stackable car seats that's good to yeah. know well we got typically look at it and go oh that has like a high safety rating and all of that these are like the cheap Costco ones from Walmart and those they just the ones stack up they neatly. stack they're more narrow than other car seats so they fit neatly in the back of our um we used to have a toyota sienna so they fit neatly there well and that's what i always look at now for car seats is what is the narrowest car seat that's going to impede on the other kids the least and Mm -hmm. you can fit the most in a row so the the costco car seat from walmart it's a good price what is it like 50 60 bucks sometimes yeah it's pretty affordable it's it's like easy to clean it's apparently they're stackable which now i know that's good to know and i think corinne pointed out earlier that they all have to meet the same safety ratings Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like a marketing i actually learned this a few years ago too because i tend to get caught up with like all the features of everything i remember one day i got like caught up in like toddler shoes for like two hours because i was like (laughs) "Ah, i'm sure this is not a surprise to you jack (laughs) i learned a few years ago that all car seats have to meet the same safety ratings and the consumers are not exactly privy to what exactly those are. They're privy to like consumer reports, right? what we are reporting, but they're not privy to like the other information. And so we don't know that the Costco car seats are any better than like Bradax or or that they're worse, but they do have to meet the same safety ratings. Yeah. And and the other thing is like these car seats expire. So you don't want to put a ton of money into something. If you're expecting to foster for a significant amount of time that you're going to have to keep replacing. And um, kids poop in them and they, they throw, throw up, up in them. them. And yep. And we've also sent car seats with kids when they reunified. I didn't want that to be a barrier for parents. Yeah. So, and if you have like a $50 Costco car seat, it's much easier to let go of that and get yourself a new one. And a lot of car seats are like $250. Yes. A lot of car seats. Yeah. Yes. Most of them are over $100. Um, every car seat I bought was probably over $100. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, why? Like if they're meeting the same safety, like I don't need fancy cup holders. Like I have cup holders in my car. And honestly, I don't want my little, little ones drinking in the car most of the time anyways. No, my kids one time like made a garden in their cup holder. I do have big ticket items, though, that I'm like, I'm fairly cheap. And I would say for some things, definitely spend the money. Strollers, I can't tell you how many strollers we bought. They were I like, like the baby jogger. It's a jogger type stroller. It pushes really great. We had, you know, the Graco and all of the different kinds, the sit and stand ones. Those were terrible. They were a nightmare to You're push. You're like giving me trauma just talking about those because I had all yeah. this too and I ended up selling them. They but were I awful. love my baby jogger. Like that's the one thing I can speak to. It's like the baby jogger brand, but it wasn't like a jogging stroller. Oh, it's but called it's the everything. city. 
We oh. have a city select. That's Ooh. that is the Jogger brand. Actually, okay. we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yes, and it's like I had it for like ten years. Like I had the, the side by side, and it was like the best four hundred dollars I've ever yes. spent. But well, ours has so been many. a lot more than that because ours is probably twelve years old. I decided to wash it, so we I took the cover the off. One threw it in the wash it didn't come out very well like it came oh. out in pieces so we had to buy a new one but the great thing is you just call the company and they i mean you had, we had to pay for it but we got a whole new cover and it fit right on there it's great so i nice. love it well, we probably have the exact same one because i bought my my son will be 12 in september and i bought it when he was born yeah. right before he was born so that's next month this yeah. year so yeah it's that was like a lifesaver because i bought so many strollers before that and then i bought the single baby jogger city mini and i was like this is the best roller in the world yep they and push then, so great yeah and you literally can just like turn it yep even carriers like we had the cheap whatever target <sighs> yep. carrier and there's nothing like baby wear and i mean i kind of didn't want to be like that typical granola crunchy mom but the significance of wearing your baby and attaching mm-hmm. to them especially when they've had trauma in their yes. attachments before yeah. yes i started really researching that and i don't know how i would have gotten through without wearing my babies i remember when you got one of yours i passed on my ring sling to you jack oh my because i was like this is like the best thing for me when i had my third because like the witching hours when you're making dinner mm-hmm. and you have to like you have to have the baby on you because i think it's yeah i was just gonna say baby jack grew up in that thing for yeah. real and i used it all the time for all my babies i still use it sometimes now but i think i use it a little less because i had a slip <laughs> <laughs> I, was I mean to, it's really old at this point it's almost 10 years old but well it, it, trust me it was not due to product failure but but jack failure i was trying to hold too many things at once and maybe it wasn't wrapped tight enough around mm-hmm. and there was some slipping and it was a last minute grab before the baby Ooh. hit the ground oh wow so um it was all my fault 100 percent, but it just made me nervous um, so since then, I, I probably go with the, um, yeah, the Moby has more layers of fabric and holds them tighter to you. Yeah. So with infants, ever since the slip, I usually use the Moby. But yeah. I do put them in the ring sling sometimes because it's so much easier than it's everything so easier. else. You know what? The reason that I wore the hold. ring sling so much is because my oldest was in kindergarten. And it was a situation where you had to park and walk up to get him and then wait. And my second oldest was in like the three-year-old class. I had had like a really traumatic birth. And I mean, I was right right back in action, like I think within like 10 days. And um, I didn't want any hands on her. I didn't want anybody touching her. But I also couldn't carry a carrier yet. And so with the ring sling, she wasn't hot because it was spring but i also could get her in there really easily but i could cover her up you know yeah um but I also and need- nobody's gonna reach like into your cleavage to grab right. a baby we could right. where is it <laughs> but i wore that till she was like six months old like she would be like sitting basically on my cleavage like she'd be like like her head was like right here and she was like sitting up looking around you know so it was like perfect but i was like in no shape to be carrying a carrier around like 10 days after a c-section either so that was like probably the best thing i had after having her the thing I like better about the ring sling than the Moby 
is how easy it is to put them in. Yeah. Especially when they're little. Like, they just slide in. Yeah. Unfortunately, they also slide in. Yeah, well, right. It's not as hot either. The Moby yeah. is hot. The Moby can definitely be hot. Uh, it's a lot more fabric. Um, wraps around, mm-hmm. like, all of you. But, um, like, so the ring sling, like, if you have to jump out of the car and go grab something real quick, it's great to just slide them in there real quick. I think, like, if I'm going to hold a baby for a longer period of time these days, I just feel... Or if I'm multitasking, right? So if I'm cooking or doing something like that, the other day I had a lot of cooking to do and a lot of house chores to do. And I had my infant in the Moby um, for almost the whole morning. Um, and she just slept. I, with Baby Jack, it was almost always the ring sling. Like, he literally grew up in that thing. Yeah, that Ours was the Tula. And, I mean, we had two that were 10 months apart. Very needy. One is on the spectrum. And so I would wear one on my back and one on my front with a Tula and an Ergo. And so... Oh, my gosh. You're a rock star. Well, it was um, exhausting. I have Trust a me. pretty needy one, too. And I had a Tula knockoff. It wasn't exactly a Tula, but, like, the same concept. I got it on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I wore him and that for, like, a really long time. Like, I remember once at Disney, he was, like, super overwhelmed. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I just, like, threw him on my back and that covered his head. And he was just, like, super happy. Yeah. Everybody else was having a great time. Our whole family was there. And he was just super content on my back. Everybody was, like, on Thunder Mountain. It was, like, late at night. And he was, like, I'll just chill right here. It's like 18 months old. Tell me something, um, if you two could, what is the difference between an Ergo and a Tula? Because those are very similar, right? So I never had an Ergo. I just had the Tula knockoff, not even the real Tula. Um, I think it just kind of depends. There's... There's other ones besides the two of those that are like this, the same similar type. It just depends on your body type and how it, it fits you. So it just like clips on you differently? Actually, or? I think I did have an Ergo. I think I had like a hand-me-down Ergo. The, I, I think the Tula has more, like covers more. Yeah, it does. For me, so, it did. So and I the have padding two Ergos. Better. The padding's better in the Tula? Well, it did for me. Like it didn't hurt my, I think the support on your lower back was even better for my Tula. We have two ergos, and I use them a lot with my bigger kids, with my toddlers, especially my one baby Jack who elopes. Like if I have to go to the doctor's office or like when we went hiking, we actually, I guess we have three ergos because all three, me, my husband and my oldest son, each threw an ergo on our back and put one of the toddlers in it um, for when we were hiking um, over in Tennessee. So I find them awesome for older kids. I don't think... I think there's inserts you could put littler there kids are. in. Is the Tula made for littler kids or older kids, or do you need an insert? So there's two different st- sizes. There's a standard and then a toddler one. So there's the also an ones insert for that you put in the standard one. You know, that can be for infants. But I prefer, like you said, a ring sling for toddler or for infants. I, I love pre- the ring sling. It just kind of puts it like it's, it. it's their face right by your face, but you yeah. have space to do stuff. I think it's like a really, like, it's kind of like a natural hold because that's how yes. you would naturally hold them is right there. Yes. So. But I have to say with a ring sling, I, I always felt like I had to have one hand. Well, that's what I'm like, saying because I took a hand right off there. one time. and Well, something like that happened to me with the Moby. Oh. Like um, the back tie came undone. He didn't hit the floor, yeah. but one of my bigger kids was kind of being needy at the moment, and they unclipped the clip, That's and my time. my toddler almost fell out from the bottom. Oh but again, you know, I caught him and saved him. But you know, accidents happen. For myself, having accidents with my kids, 
it has taught me to have a little more grace for bio parents because some things really are just yeah. an accident. My daughter has broken her leg three times. And on the third time, I was like, ah. yes, <laughs> you know, like I didn't do it. I promise. You know, <laughs> we have yeah. a kid on the spectrum and he broke his foot and we didn't know. So for two weeks, he had a broken foot. He walked around with it. And I noticed that he was kind of limping. And I took him to the hospital and they x-rayed it and they said, well, this is a break, but it's not a fresh break. So I felt bad. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to call CPI. I have a child who um, experienced trauma. He is not good at deciphering when he's in pain Mm -hmm. or expressing or locating his pain. And um, sometimes what's like if you're there when he injures himself in some way, you can address it and he'll be like, "Eh, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. But it always scares me to think that something could hurt him and he's not able to express it or recognize it and that I'm not addressing it because I don't know about it. Right. Yeah. He's not a good self-reporter. My kids are very good (laughs) self-reporters. Some of mine are, but my little guy that walked around with a broken foot for two weeks, he's like that. He's gotten his hand slammed in the door before by a sibling and just kind of been like, uh, what do I do? My hand. Yeah. Is that the one that's on the spectrum? Yes. So I have one that's like on the spectrum too. And when he was little, he was like that too. Like you could draw his blood and he'd just watch. He'd fall, have blood everywhere. He just, you know. So, but I, my daughter broke her foot also. She jumped over a baby gate, broke her foot in three places, when it first happened, she cried a lot, but then she was fine. And I was like, well, just watch it. And she had this like extremely slight limp and you could just barely see it when you watched her. I mean, you could just barely catch it. And I took her in and sure enough, she had like three breaks in her foot. Oh, and she wow. was just walking on it. Just walking. Like, do you remember that when that happened? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I feel crazy. But is that is this a limp? And I'd be like, no, it's not a limp. Oh, yeah, wait, there it is again. And she had to get casted. And one of our other kids that's on the spectrum, she could get, like, the slightest little bump. And she's losing her mind, screaming, crying. Well, and he's done that before, too. Like, yeah. he had a bee sting here once, and the world ended. Well, so, I, I mean, for us. me, the world ends when I get stung by a bee. That's pretty yeah. traumatic. I yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. He's He's gone both ways. Like, that was my first um, indicator for me that he could be on the spectrum was that he didn't react yeah but then he's done that he's done the opposite he's like overreacted you know with little things but let me ask you brendale um because you've taken quite a few kids who are a little older mm-hmm. right um what what is the age range that you have taken to what is the oldest child that you have taken as a placement so the oldest i would say is 17 that we have taken um the youngest has been straight from the hospital two days old. So um, in preparing for having one of these older kids, what tips would you have to a new foster mom? Um, You know, we've talked about like strollers and car seats and cribs, but what about, you know, what things would be helpful to have on hand if you're expecting a teen to come into your home or even a preteen? Just for older placements in general, I typically have extra toothbrushes, extra toothpaste, deodorant, all the girls' hygiene needs. Um, I have those at my house just all the time because I have so many kids. We we did go shopping and try to prepare before we've gotten placements, but I feel like when you get an older child, it's almost like a bonding experience to take them to the store and allow them to pick out their own things. Maybe have, you know, a couple pajama sets or new underwear or something at your house but nothing extreme and um it really is really cool to see them 
get to pick out their own outfits and shoes and stuff in the store. Yeah, that's really smart, though, that um, having all that hygiene stuff because it's, you know, shelf-stable. It's not like it's ever going right. to go bad. So if you were to set up your home, like, entirely from scratch again, you know, you don't feel like you have to have everything. But what would be some of those stable items? Is there anything else that you haven't told us that you feel like, oh, definitely these few things you need to have if you're a new foster parent? You know, maybe a couple of bottles, but nothing extreme in case you get an infant. Usually they come with some formula or myself or my husband or one of my adult kids that still live at home would run out quickly and get formula. So like I said, for older kids, we it's really cool for the girls to have a basket or something made up. Look, this is your basket. This has your personal stuff in it. We have an old locker system at our house. So each kid has their own locker. Um, and we kind of just set up that space for them and say, here's your, you know, maybe a journal, um, a pen, you know, their own little notebook stuff. Something really cool and personable. Pajamas. I think it's always nice. I think of if I were in their situation, what would I hope? Obviously, you want to have some snacks and even taking them to the store and having them pick out. What foods are their favorite foods? Sometimes that's really comforting for them. I love the locker system idea. That's really cool. And setting up a basket for them with the stuff that they need. Um, If you were to do it all over again and start over with like case management and transporters and all that, like what boundaries would you set from the get-go? So from the get-go, right when we get our first, our placement, obviously it's usually with CPI. So there's not a lot of, you know, information that I give CPI. But when we have case management come in for the first time, I usually give them our schedule because we have extracurricular activities. Um, We live on a small farm and we have like different chores and things that we do. So I like to, you know, obviously welcome them in and say, these are the things that we do um, on these days. This is our schedule. This is how we run our household. Um, Just to kind of give them an overview so they're not like last minute trying to schedule, oh, they have to be seen by this date or they go to the dentist at this date. And I say, this is the dentist we use. When's the last time? I kind of take the hard work off of the case manager's um, shoulders. I never want to have to take my kids to like a dental bus or a clinic where it's just like, you know, they shuttle them in like cows. Mm -hmm. I want it to be a personable experience. I just let them know these are the doctors that we use. I need them on this insurance with this doctor and this dentist, this eye doctor. And I try to have a mutual respect with the case manager. Uh I find that if they see that you're a real person, a real life, you know, you have real life stuff going on. Um, they're the same way. They have probably kids at home or they're newly graduated, usually um, fresh out of college. You know that they have life. Life happens to them, too. And if you're just mutually respectful, usually that works for me. What would you do differently if you were to do it all over again? I think in the beginning of our fostering days, we use transport a lot to transport our first foster kids to visits because I had that expectation that parents were mean and awful and I don't know I expected the worst and so I think I I wouldn't have used transportation I would have realized from the beginning that these kids deserve that they deserve us to be their advocates and take them where they need to go you know try not to use transport if at all possible I know some people work 40 hours a week and there's just no way possible you know let your kids know that you're in their corner you're fighting for them and, and even with the parents, build a relationship with the parents so that they know you have their back as well. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you feel like 
you did right, right from the beginning, that you, you go back and you think this worked for us. I think what we do right is let our kids know and let our parents know we don't always make the right choices. We're not always perfect. We make mistakes a lot. And if we do, we want to make that right. And so we we communicate that with our kids really openly. If you have um, something that you need to talk with us about, we're an open door. Like, please bring it to us. Um, but we do have an expectation. If you have a complaint or something that, um, you know, is bothering you, you need to be part of the solution as well. And however we can help you do that, then we're willing to do that. But I think letting our kids know that we're not perfect, we make mistakes, has been one of our biggest positive things. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social. We hope that you join us again next time and keep on fostering the future.